0: Today our gospel, uh, we focus in on the first of all of Jesus's miracles. Uh, and as I was thinking about this idea of first, uh, it got me thinking about uh, whenever I was in seminary, I remember when I, when I went from LSU where I was studying electrical engineering, I went to seminary and all of a sudden now, like I have to write a lot of papers. And man, like I, it was kind of a struggle getting back into going from like math mind to like writing papers. Because there's a thing in a paper that I learned from way back in my days at St. Mary's that every paper needs to have a thesis. Now in a thesis statement at the very beginning of a paper it basically tells you what the paper is going to be about. What you're gonna do in the paper, in the pages to follow. And I remember that when I got into seminary, man, I I, I just struggled with like putting a thesis statement together in a paper. I would just start writing, and it would just be kind of this long line of consciousness, a bunch of words. And while it was structured, kind of, there never was kind of the the thesis statement that would let somebody know what they were getting into. Like, what was this paper supposed to be about? What was the ongoing theme that was going to be throughout this paper? Now, over the course, because of my good foundations at St. Mary's, you know, I had to knock the rust off, but over the course of a couple of years, I got pretty good at writing papers. And what what it was is the focus of the thesis kind of gave me everything else I was going to do. But that thesis is always found at the very, very beginning of any paper. It's a very clear sentence that says exactly what's about to happen. Well, with today, with Jesus's first miracle, we can almost take it as a thesis statement for what his public ministry is going to look like. What do I mean? Jesus could have done a number of different things for his first miracle. Like if God wanted to say, look, I'm going to prove to you how strong and mighty I am over Satan and over the devil, we're going to do an exorcism to start this thing off. We hear about Jesus doing exorcisms all throughout where demons are cast out and thrown away and into pigs and all these other things later on in the Gospels, but that wasn't the first thing he did. If God wanted to say, look, I'm sending my son to be a healer of physical ailments more than anything else, you know what? We could have had a blind man, a deaf man, and a mute man all being cured at the same time, but he didn't do that for his first miracle. He does that later in the Gospels, but he doesn't do it in his first miracle. If Jesus wanted to make his his whole public ministry about the call of his disciples, he could have done that at the very, very beginning, the first thing that we see. He could have walked on water and called Peter and did the whole thing that he does later on, but he didn't do that first. The first thing that Jesus does that we hear about for his public ministry is number one, he listens to his mama. (laughs) But he restores wine at a wedding. Why? Now not only does he restore wine at a wedding, but he makes, now these jars, these six stone jars holding 20 to 30 gallons of water at a time, he makes six stone jars of 20 or 30 gallons into good wine. So that proves that he's Catholic. Because he likes 180 gallons of good wine for a wedding. Amen? But that proves, that proves something. It shows something that Jesus is not just about giving some kind of sustenance. He wants to give a lot of good stuff to the world. He wants to give the sweetness of wine to the entire world. A lot of good stuff to the entire world. But I think the place that he does it is most important. He does it at a wedding. Like Jesus' thesis statement for his entire public ministry can basically be boiled down to revealing God's love for the world. And what kind of character does that love take? A romantic, total self-gift. Like every wedding you've ever been to. There's very few times in my life that I've gone to a wedding and I've been kind of like, yeah, that was all right. There's very few times that when we go to a wedding that we're just kind of like, yeah, it's not really a big deal. Because so many things about weddings are meant to and pointed to the husband and the wife, this newly married couple giving themselves completely to one another that their entire life would take on the model of the cross, that they would just give everything that they are to the other, complete and total self-gift. Honestly, that's what Jesus' entire ministry is about. From the moment that he listens to his mom at a wedding in Cana and makes water into wine, to the moment that he gives himself completely and totally to the church, at the Eucharist, and instituting the Eucharist at the Last Last Supper, to whenever he's standing before Pilate, walks with his cross, gives himself completely and totally in the crucifixion to the point of death, to his rising to new life at, at Easter Sunday, his ascension, uh, the ascension, to every moment where he gives the Holy Spirit to us again. Jesus' entire public ministry is about very simply revealing God's love to the world. And it's a fulfillment of a promise that we heard in the first reading today that no longer will your land be called desolate, but your name will become my delight and your land will be called espoused. Like God, whenever he looks at each one of us, doesn't look at us from some kind of distant, disinterested kind of, kind, of, like, kind of posture. He looks at us completely and totally enthralled and in love like a bridegroom looking at his bride. Now guys are probably like, I don't know about that. But no, God looks at all of us passionately in love with us. Completely in love with us. Basically saying, my son's life, I gave up for you. That he loves every single one of us enough to be able to give himself completely and totally to us. And today, as we come to this mass, as we come to this celebration, he does it again in the Eucharist. Your builder will marry you. Your land will not be called forsaken. Today, we come, as we come to this mass, as we come to this celebration, as we come to receive the Eucharist again, in a way, it's a lot of wedding imagery still there. We walk up an aisle. We have a maker and a God who looks at us and says, this is my body given to you. Amen. That amen is a yes, I do. I love you too, God. I've given everything else back to you. There's a vow that's made. There's a relationship that's, that's renewed every time we come to Mass. And it's a passionate, loving God who looks at us and says, from the very beginning of my son's public ministry, I've been revealing to you how much I love you. I've been using images and signs over and over again of how much I love you. And today he continues to give himself through signs, through sacraments of showing how much he loves us. It Begins at our baptism when we are, when we are literally adopted into a family. It continues through confirmation and communion where we are given the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the gift of Jesus Christ himself in the Eucharist. Today, that relationship is renewed. Our yes is renewed back to God as we come to celebrate this Eucharist, as we come to receive him. Jesus' thesis statement from the very beginning of his life from the very beginning of his public ministry, was all about revealing God's love for us. Now the hard part sometimes is for us to accept it. The hard time sometimes for us is to see beyond the struggles and the, and the, and the junk of our life and look at God back and say, you know, I love you too. Well God, if you love me so much, why did this happen? God, if you love me so much, well, why did this happen? God, if you love me so much, why did I lose my job? Why did someone get sick? Why, why, why? We know that in marriages, there's a big difference between a wedding and a marriage, amen? In a wedding, everything is beautiful and easy, hopefully, and nice and pretty. The food is perfect, the music is perfect, the priest homily isn't too long, isn't too short, but he makes a point. We go to a reception where everything is perfect and the food and everything's exciting and awesome. And then people wake up the next day and the marriage begins. And her breath stinks. And then makeup fell off in the night. hmm And he's a, little, he's a little, I mean, uh, he's got a sinus headache, right? Yeah. And the marriage begins, and not everything is perfect anymore. The struggles of family life happen, and things happen in a relationship. Well, for us, the same way God looks at us and says, I love you in this relationship, even though it's not always perfect. I love you in this relationship, and I'm with you in the struggle, even though you don't always feel it. Even though the sentiments of it isn't always there, I still love you, and I still promise to be with you. God today looks at each one of us, whether life has been like a wedding and easy and beautiful or like a hard marriage in our relationship with Him. God looks at each of us again and again and again and renews His love for us. What is our response today? As we come to receive communion today, as we, as we pray the Eucharistic prayer, as we continue in this Mass, what is our response today to our Lord? He offers Himself to us out of nothing but passionate and holy love, like a bridegroom loving his bride. How do we respond? How do we receive that love? What's our answer? As we come to receive the Lord today. When he says, this is my body given up for you. May our answer in our heart, may our answer in our words be a resounding amen. A resounding I do. A resounding I love you too. Amen.